I don't know about you, but it just doesn't get much <clears throat> much better than seeing stories and hearing stories of changed lives. And so uh, thank you for Bren putting that together. Thank you for those who shared your hearts, those that were baptized. <coughs> Excuse me. Again, if you missed the baptism um, that took place out there, it's going to be on video on Facebook, and you can find that later on and, uh, and watch that uh, at your convenience, as well as the video you just saw here as well will be on Facebook. So, hey, before we jump into the message this morning, I wanted to share with you just some staffing changes that have been uh, made just this last week. Uh, we have two changes. First, uh, Katie Fife is now the uh, Kids Ministry Director at New Hope Church. So we are very, very excited and thankful for that. Heather uh, Schwarzkopf, who was in the role previously, uh, stepped down in September. So we have been praying and searching for a very, very long time. And here we are about nine months later. And, and uh, God has provided Katie to be that next person to step in the role. And so we're very thankful. I want to take a moment and thank uh, Heather. I'm not sure if she's in here this morning, but Heather uh, for really holding the reins as well as all the coordinators in kids ministry that have, have worked together, not just to, to keep kids ministry going, but to help it continue to move forward and, and to, to do such a great job. Thank you, teachers. Thank you, volunteers. Thank you, Amplify uh, ministry leaders and volunteers as well. It's been a great year in kids ministry uh, just by even the two stories, two of the stories you heard here. One a child came to Christ at VBS last summer. Another one was Amplify. And so uh, God is moving and God is working. So thank you for that. And so Katie, uh, Katie starts her role tomorrow morning. And then Gabe, who is uh, the worship director, co-worship director now, of course you saw him up here this morning, he will now take the reins solo for leading the worship ministries at New Hope. Katie will step out of that uh, role, and so very thankful to have Gabe. He does such a great job every uh, every week for us here leading worship at New Hope, so thankful for him and, and all the good things God has, has, is, is doing and has going on here at the church. So I want you to be aware of that in terms of staffing change with that. Okay, that said, let's jump into a brand new sermon series this morning. Super excited for a new series we're launching right now called My Crazy Family. And uh, for four weeks, we're going to be talking about all things family. And I don't know about you, this is just my opinion now. But uh, when it comes to family, at least in my life, the, the sweetest and most important and treasured moments of my life tend to, the common denominator is they're around and with my family immediate, extended. It's just time with family is so important. But it's also true that some of the biggest challenges we can face in life, some of the biggest relationship struggles we can face in life also tends to be with family as well. I mean, family is a big part of our lives. In many respects, family is very, very messy, a little bit like our uh, little living room setup over here. It's, it's messy. There's different dynamics involved. Uh, family is also not only messy, family is beautiful. And family can be a little crazy. It's kind of all of that bundled up together. But God has a big plan for family. And, and, and there's so much that we can learn here as we, as we take on this important topic. So what we're going to be doing in the next two weeks, we're going to be talking about topics such as the secret to family unity. Like what happens when family struggles and there's conflict and how do families stick together? We're going to be talking about uh, discipling your kids. In fact, next Sunday, discipling your kids or grandkids or nieces or nephew. And how do, you, how do you invest in your kids in a meaningful way? We're going to be talking about family and technology. You know, when I was growing up, maybe it's the same for you, but technology didn't have the role that it does today. And so what do you do with family and issues like social media and gadgets and, and screen time and all of that? We're going to take that head on as well. 
And then this morning, we're going to take on the important topic of marriage. Today is about marriage and focusing on, on that important uh, uh, topic. Now, it may not come as a surprise to you, but uh, the state of marriage in America is, uh, is not super incredible. Uh, we have our challenges here when it comes to marriage. Let me just throw some stats at you. Um, <coughs> excuse me. First of all, uh, we know that the divorce rate right now is around 35 to 40 percent. That's, that's not, not great. 35 to 40% of couples, uh, their marriage will not last. And we also, statistics tell us that if you're in a second marriage, that jumps up to about 60%. So the challenges become even higher. If you're a millennial uh, here this morning, so your age is around age 20 to 39, um, your generation has been largely responsible for lowering the divorce rate. So good job, and thank you. That's really, really good. But on the other side of that equation, though, is the millennials are largely responsible for the massive increase in cohabitation among couples. So the idea here is that fewer people are getting married, so the divorce rate drops, but more people are shacking up together and living in that kind of arrangement. We also know, interestingly enough from statistics, that 35% of couples today that get married, they start their relationship online. That's a different dynamic that we didn't have 20 years ago. And then here's another stat, I don't know whether this is interesting or disturbing, but studies show that 19% of men pick out their bride's wedding dresses. <clears throat> I don't know, again, concerned, curious, that's just an interesting statistic. But anyway, nonetheless, marriage is important. Marriage is something that we, we should treasure and value. Now, I want to call it this morning and just recognize that while we're taking on the topic of marriage today, not everyone here this morning, or a part of New Hope for that matter, is married. And some of you this morning, you may be hearing like, well, I'm not married, and so this really isn't for me. I mean, New Hope, we are made up of people that have, have never been married. We're made up of people that are divorced or widowed, uh, are currently married, or, or married again. I mean, we're just in lots of different places this morning. And I want you to know that just because we're talking about marriage doesn't mean that I'm encouraging that everybody's supposed to be married. That's not the case at all. But as we take on this topic today, obviously for those of you who are married, I hope there's some direct application for you. And you can use some of the things we're going to talk about this morning just right now into your lives and apply them. But if that's not where you're at, that there's something here this morning, though, that, that God would have for you. Because maybe for you it's filing it away for someday when I meet that right person and I do get married. Or maybe it's something that you can share with somebody else that you know that they're married or maybe their marriage is struggling and you can just have some, some encouragement, some scriptures to pass along to them. And so in that regard, I just hope that it's something for all of us and all of us are encouraged here this morning when it comes to this topic. What I want to do for us this morning or with us this morning is I want to introduce you to a sort of an illustration, of, I guess. It's called the marriage path. And the marriage path, what it is, essentially, is it's a way of talking about and describing the arc of a marriage relationship. One of the things you're going to find, though, is it not only describes a marriage relationship, but the marriage path and the way it just lays out, it actually describes any relationship that you're in. And so, in a sense, for those of you who are married, this is going to talk about what happens after you say, I do. What happens next? But again, it applies to any relationship. And I think what we're going to find here, my hope for all of us, is that you would take it and use this marriage path to both assess where your relationships are, married or not, but where your relationships are, and then what can you do to improve your marriage relationship. That's the hope for this morning, or for that matter, any relationship. So with that said, I hope you have your bulletin, and on the back side of the bulletin, uh, our fun typo is not on the back side, but nonetheless, that's important to turn there on the back. Hope you have a pen, and we have lots and lots of fill-in-the-blanks here this morning. So I want to get started here, and what I'd like to do is begin our time and talk about a theology of marriage. 
I want to make sure that we kind of get a, a grounding, if you will, for this important topic. And all I want to do here is just mention two theological uh, convictions or important ideas that Scripture talks about over and over again. Really quickly, here they are. Here's your first one is this. It's that marriage is God's idea. It's God's idea. In other words, God is the one who invented marriage. He's the one that developed it. You'll see there Colossians, Colossians, Genesis chapter 2, verse 24. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And in this one verse, just in this one verse for that matter, we get this picture of of how God says, I have designed marriage to be a, a, a monogamous, heterosexual, complete union of two people for one life. This is the picture we get of marriage. And I know that, and this is going to be a little counterculture of what I'm going to say, but in today's age, there's a, a big push of redefining what marriage is. That it can be all kinds of different things. But I want to suggest to us this morning that marriage works best when marriage is lived out by God's design. He built it. I mean, he invented it. It's his idea. He lays out for us in scripture his principles for how to live it out. And so your marriage and my marriage will work best when we strive to do it God's way because he invented it and he designed it. That's conviction number one. Here's number two. (coughs) Excuse me. Is that marriage is meant to be a blessing. Marriage is meant to be a blessing. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22. Here's what it says. It says that he who finds a wife, let me pause here real quick. In the Hebrew there, what that means, literally it says, he who finds a good wife. That's what it means. He who finds a good wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. And by implication and and whatnot is that also that she who finds a good husband finds a good thing. See, your spouse is a gift, a gift from God. It's, It's a sign of God's favor in your life. Now, having said that, let me just mention this, because maybe you're single here this morning. You're like, well, where's that favor in my life? Like, does God not love me quite the same, or how does that work? And that's not the case at all. We see in Scripture, in fact, multiple times where God honors the calling of being single, and it is a calling. In fact, in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul talks about, he says it's actually better to be single than married, and he gives some reasons why that's the case. And so here we see, we see that God, marriage is, is God's idea, and that if God's called you to marriage, and that's where you're at today, the station you're in in life, that it is meant to be a blessing in your life. Okay, on that foundation now, let me introduce you the path as we see how this works. Here's where the journey begins in a marriage relationship. Typically, the journey begins with romance. You know how this goes. Boy meets girl. Girl meets boy. And they have this season of life where there's, everything is rainbows and unicorns and butterflies and funny feelings inside your tummy. And, and you don't want to be apart from that person. You just, you just, when you're not with them, you're thinking about them. And when you're with them, it's just everything is better. Maybe in this stage, maybe some of you did this, you know, during this stage, you're, you're maybe dropping, you know, quoting a little Song of Solomon to each other because it's romantic, right? You know, like your hair is like a flock of goats and, you know, something like that where... Yeah, so read the book, it's in there. I mean, that's what I'm telling you. And so, like, you're just kind of, you're just, everything's romance and poetry, and it's just such an exciting time, and it's great. And, and, and that's what romance is supposed to be. For Laura and I, my wife and I, we, we met in the summer of 1997 at a Christian camp, and, and we had that summer together. But when it was over, she went back to Michigan for grad school, and I stayed in Colorado. 
And so we had a long distance relationship for two and a half years. And for two and a half years, we didn't get to spend much time together. And so, so for us, this season of life was, was, was writing letters to one another. We did a lot of that. Um, it's a little uh, funny, I suppose, to think of it now, but we actually wrote songs to each other, and we'd like hit the little cassettes, you know, the, we record on the cassette kind of a thing, and, and Laura's songs were like amazing, and mine are embarrassing. My kids still make fun of me, and they're over there laughing at me right now. They still mock me because of the songs I would write, so, but, but we would do that together. I remember, and this will date me, and some of you remember this maybe, but I would go to the local library and check out the computer for 15 minutes so I could get internet access, so I could write an email to Laura. I mean, that's how, like, old, old I guess I am. And uh, anyway, but it was just a, such a fun season. And, and, and when we were together, when we were able to fly one direction or the other, it was, just, it was just great to be together. And so when we got married over 19 years ago, we were just ready to start our lives. We were ready to, to come together and be husband and wife and get on the adventure of, of marriage and life. See, that's what marriage is. See, mar- romance, excuse me, this stage of, of a marriage relationship, it's meant, to, it's meant to bond a relationship. It's not meant to sustain it, but it is meant to bond it. And that's what's important. Here's your next fill in the blank. It's this idea here. You can't live on love if romance is all you have. See, romance is good. Romance is, is a, a, a great place to be, but it doesn't, it's not built to stay in that place. I want to just give, share a warning with you, uh, and it depends on where you're kind of, what station you're at in life here and whatnot, but, but um, you know, you have an enemy, and even desires within us that when, that when you're, you're dating or you're engaged, that there's an enemy, and even in your marriage, that wants to wreck your relationship. I hope you recognize that. He's looking to, to steal, to kill, and destroy, and destroy your relationship. And one of the things that, that Laura and I have talked about over the years, and we firmly believe, and I've seen over and over again, is that your enemy in a relationship, your enemy will do anything to get a couple to have sex before marriage, because he knows it will ruin it. And then he'll do anything he can to keep a couple from having sex after their marriage. That's the way it works, because he doesn't want what's best for you. He wants to destroy your relationship. It's something to keep in mind. Romance is good, but romance within the boundaries of what God has is an important thing. And so that's where the stage begins. Relationships tend to start, like a marriage relationship, tend to start in romance. But it isn't meant to last there. And so we go on to the next stage. And the next stage is this. The next stage is the journey continues. The next stage of the path, if you will, is reality. Your next fill in the blank. It's reality. What this means is that some point along the, the journey, if you will, life is going to smack you upside the head. Life is going to happen. Something is going to happen in your life and in your relationship that will impact you. And, and sometimes for, for a marriage uh, a couple, that can happen from within their relationship. Maybe it's something that comes from within, like, like selfishness and pride or, or just sin that's inside the marriage, the couple, and it, and it just impacts the marriage. But sometimes it comes from outside the relationship. Maybe it's a health scare. Maybe it's a job loss. Maybe it's, it's stress and sleepless nights with that first child, and you're like, oh my goodness, what do we do here with this new baby? And it's just so different. But nonetheless, reality sets in. And when reality sets in, you and I have a choice on how we respond. Here's your next fill in the blank, in fact, when it comes to reality. Reality reveals what romance conceals. Now, when reality sets in, that doesn't mean romance ends. In fact, let me say it a different way. Romance doesn't end when reality sets in. Romance continues. At least it should continue. 
But in the place of that, as that is going on in the relationship, as reality hits this next stage of your journey, what this does is give a couple a chance to interact with each other on a whole new level. Because what happens is you will learn more about one another that you never saw before. That you will see new dynamics in that other person that wouldn't show up unless you were tested by challenges by the things that happen in, in life, that your relationship wouldn't go to those whole new depths and levels. In fact, Laura and I have used the terms before that we like to consider ourselves foxhole buddies in the challenges of life, that we are together in the challenges, and, and so we, we work through that as, as life comes. This is what happens. And as reality hits, as a married couple or any relationship you have, you have a choice. Every time something comes your way, every new challenge that hits, there's a new opportunity. And the opportunity is to make a choice because at this point the path stops and you can go one direction or the other. One direction is harmful and one direction is healthy. But every challenge that comes your way, you have a choice in the matter. Let me first talk about the unhealthy way. We're going to call it the harmful way. And here's your next fill in the blank. The harmful path, the, the other direction you could go, it is a path that is marked by resentment and rebellion. You see, how this happens or how this works is that when a challenge comes your way, you in the marriage, in a relationship, you have a decision to make. Because at some point, your spouse will disappoint you. At some point, your spouse will not meet your needs like you think they should. At some point, your expectations for what, is you, what you have on your spouse is not going to be reality. And let me frame it this way too. The degree or the height of your expectations with where reality actually shows up is that gap is the size of frustration you will experience. And so if your expectations are immense and reality comes in far below, that is a whole lot of frustration you'll experience. But on the other hand, if your expectations are lower and reality is closer, the amount of frustration is less. And so we have this dynamic. This is, this is what happens when reality hits is we can sometimes feel resentment. And let me pause real quick and step out of the marriage relationship because this can also happen in your relationship with God. That as you love God and you walk with God, all of a sudden things will happen in life. Reality will smack and you say, God, where are you? And God, why aren't you showing up? And, and God, th this doesn't make sense. I mean, you could change this, and I don't understand what you're doing. And when you begin to feel that frustration of, I expect God to show up here, but God is actually doing stuff down here that is so different from our perception of what we think he should be doing. And so we feel frustrated with him. Maybe we even get to a place in our frustration where we start to feel resentful. And resentful is powerful, and here's why. Resentment leads to bitterness. Every time. Every time. In fact, a scripture, this is really, really key. Ephesians chapter, chapter 4, <clears throat> verse 31. It says this. We'll get the slide here in just a moment. It says, get rid of all bitterness, rage, and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Here the Lord, through Paul, saying, get rid of it. This is, this is not what you want. Because here's the thing. Resentment is always a choice. And the reason I say it's always a choice is because forgiveness is also always a choice. And we make that choice every day. Another scripture from Colossians. Colossians chapter, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Colossians chapter 3 verse 13. And this is such a good verse. This is one worth writing down and coming back to over and over again in your relationship. It says, continue putting up with one another and forgiving one another freely. 
What an important verse. When reality hits and those challenges come, and in those moments, and maybe you're just frustrated with that other person, of coming back to this idea of I'm not going to choose resentment and I'm not going to live in that place where I stay bitter and I'm going to rather continue putting up with the other and forgiving and choosing that in a free manner. This is so important to do. And I want to share with you a tool that I have found helpful over the years on this topic regarding this, this harmful path. And it's your next fill in the blank. Here it is. It's this idea. Choose to attack in your relationship issues and not each other. Choose to attack issues and not each other. What that means is that when reality comes and there's that thing that you're dealing with, that thing that you're struggling with, that you and, that you and your relationship would make a choice to say, you know what, that, that issue or that problem we're facing, that's what I'm going to attack, not my spouse. My spouse is not the enemy. It's the thing that we're facing. And so in this dynamic, what you do is you choose to say, we're going to link arms together, identify the problem, and then we're going to work together to solve this problem. This is what we're going to do. And this is so important because if we don't do this, if you and your marriage relationship don't do this, here's what tends to happen. What tends to happen is if you don't attack issues that you have and that you're facing, is after a while you are going to start attacking the other person. That's just what will happen. And that will look things like this. It will be comments like this. Well, you never, or you always, or you're just like your mother. I mean, you fill in the blanks. It's these accusations toward other your, your spouse, the other person there. And you're not attacking the issue anymore. You're just in your anger going after that person. But your spouse is not the enemy. And after a while, and some of you, you maybe from your own story, you know this. After a while, that gets old. After a while, that's not enough. And so you'll stop attacking the other person. And what you'll begin to do is you'll attack your relationship. It'll be comments like, do you have any idea what it's like being married to you? And maybe you even get to the place where you, end, you, you start to verbalize and talk about the bad word, the D word, divorce. When relationships gets to that place, that's, that's rebellion. And that's dangerous. There's flags everywhere. That, that relationship needs help because they've taken, they've, they've, honestly, they've, they've destroyed their own house and they've destroyed their own marriage. And so my encouragement, choose as a couple, attack issues. Don't attack your spouse. Don't do that. And so that's the harmful path. So we had, we had romance, then we had reality comes, fork in the road, you can go down the harmful path, or you can go down what we're calling this morning a different way, which we're going to call the healthy path. And here's your next fill in the blank, it's this. The healthy path is this, that you would choose in your marriage relationship to invest. That you would choose to invest. And you say, well, what does that mean to invest? Like, I don't, I don't understand that. What does that mean? I want to close this morning with an acronym. And the acronym is, is B-E-S-T, or the word best, and it's, it's the way we're going to frame it as this is the best way to invest into your relationship. And as I share these four quick ideas, these really become some action step ideas. These are things that you can apply in your life right now if in your marriage relationship. And if you're not married this morning, I'm going to share with you how you can apply this to your life as well. So let me work through these very quickly. Here's the first one. The B is this idea. Invest into your marriage this way. Bless your spouse. Bless your husband. Bless your wife. We'll say, well, what, what does that mean? That means choose to be a blessing. That means, that means pray for them. That means serve them. And here's another way to be a blessing that may not on the surface seem to connect, but it really does. 
Here's how you bless your spouse. You bless your spouse when you in your own life choose to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. When you choose to make him a priority and you invite the Lord into your marriage, that's a game changer. In fact, you'll see, it's, it's a little cheesy, I know, but that, that, that triangle illustration maybe you've seen over the years that you have the husband and wife and God that's been invited into the marriage, and, and there it is. And then, and then that blue triangle is at the top. That's, that's to illustrate that as, as the husband grows closer in his relationship with God and as the wife grows closer in her relationship with the Lord, what does that naturally do? It, it pulls the husband and wife's relationship closer together. I almost want to say it necessarily. Like it just, it will happen. You will discover this in your life that as you grow closer to the Lord, your marriage relationship will grow stronger. And so choose to bless your husband or wife. Pray for them, serve them, and make your own relationship with Christ a priority. That's the B. Here's the next one, E. E is this, encourage, encourage. The word encourage literally means to give courage to another. That's what that means. And so here, this idea is that you would choose to build up your spouse, that you would choose to inspire them, that you would publicly praise your husband or wife. This is where Ephesians 5 comes in, where it says, says husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. And we see that wives respect your husbands. And just as a guy, and speaking to you ladies, I'll just say it kind of this way here just for a moment. I don't know why the Lord made guys this way, but, but it's fascinating to know that as, as wives respect their husbands and as husbands feel respected, they will run through a brick wall for you every time. That's just how guys are built. And so husbands, love your wives. Wives, respect your husbands. Encourage one another. Here's the next one, S. Share. Share. This is, this is talking. This is opening up. This is sharing about anything and everything. This is, this is admittedly sometimes for guys, this is harder for us to do sometimes. We don't talk as much maybe or we don't really go to those places. But communication is so important. And so making the choice that I'm just going to share and talk and open up, that's a good thing to do. And then finally our last one as we begin to close this morning is T, is touch. Touch is important. Physical affection matters. Hugging, kissing, holding hands, all of that matters. Touch is important. And so these become ways to invest into your marriage relationship. So again, for those of you who are married, I want to encourage you, pick one of these four, acronym, four, four letters, bless, encourage, share, touch, and begin to work on that. In, in my life, one of these letters is what I'm working on big time. This, this is important to do. And as you do, this will be a healthy step for your marriage as you invest into your relationship. And I'm going to close with this idea. If you're not married here this morning, and even if you are for that matter, this marriage path illustration will help you as well. It will help you spiritually in your relationship with the Lord. And here's how. Because as you grow in your relationship with the Lord, and in terms of marriage, we call it romance, but as you, as you love the Lord and you want to grow in your relationship with Him, and then as you take that next step, and you know as well as I do, life happens and challenges come your way, things will come, you have, spiritually speaking, an option, a choice to make. You can go down this harmful path or, un, or healthy path. And I want to encourage you today that maybe for some of you, you're in a place where the Lord has not met your expectations like you thought. You feel frustrated. That was even expressed in one of the testimonies in the video that we saw earlier. Sometimes life just kind of brings us to that place. And if that's where you're at today, recognize that maybe there's resentment there. And it's time to say no to that and to turn back to the Lord.
But if you're also in a place today where maybe spiritually speaking, God is just meeting you in different places or you just don't understand why he's working the way he is, can I encourage you today in paralleling the path to go down the healthy way, don't stop investing in your relationship with God. Lean into God during the times of trial. Lean into God during times you don't understand what he's doing. That's so important to do. At this time, I want to just uh, pray for us, pray for, pray for marriages. I'd like to invite the worship team. You can come on up if you would, please. And, and so let's pray together, and then we're going to have a closing song, and, uh, and then we're off, and fathers, enjoy the rest of your day. And So let's, let's pray together. Uh, Lord, this morning, we want to thank you for this chance to, uh, first, just to celebrate baptisms and just how you've worked in the lives of, of five very special people. And thank you that you do that in our lives as well, that you seek and you save because of what Jesus did on the cross. And Lord, that you transform, you give second chances. Thank you for that. And Lord, this morning, we want to take a moment and pray for marriages. We want to pray for all the couples here this morning. Pray for, for their marriage, that each would be healthy and strong. And that from this message, maybe there'd be something that... Um, each could apply it to their own relationship or some, some points of conversation could happen and that you would do some good work there. Father, we, we thank you that you invented marriage, that you have designed it to be a blessing. And Lord, as we spend these next couple of weeks looking at the topic of family, I pray that you would strengthen families, strengthen relationships as only you can do. We thank you and we love you. We pray this in your name. Amen. you will stand to join us. Um, we'll close our worship song with one last song. Um, we haven't sang this song in quite a while, but uh, it's a little repetitive, but kind of the theme of the song is how, is how good God is, um, even when there's nothing good in us. So I kind of just let that sit on your heart um, about how God is um, kind of always redeeming and, and kind of that, that model of, of goodness for us. Let's sing this last one together.
today. Um, it's because of them that, that we have the joy of being fathers. Thanks for joining us this morning and have a wonderful week.